0: It's around 1976, give or take a couple of years. We're in Birmingham, England. Our advertising man, Rick Blairs, is at a business conference. He's here to help it run smoothly. But it's not going well. Everyone gets drunk on the eve of the event.
1: 600 fashion buyers from Land's End
0: to John Groves, all pissed as rats. And things go from bad to worse when his client, the keynote speaker, goes sick. He said, I can't do it. You'll have to do it. In this episode, will Rick step up to save an advertising account worth millions? And that's in 1970s money. <laughs> it,
1: was, it, was, it was my job, you know. It was worth 12 other people's jobs at the agency. So of course I want to keep the account. I said, I'll bloody go and do it then in the heyday of advertising in the 70s if a a major client had got several several million pounds to spend the agency made a substantial margin on on the amount of money they spent so there was big big money involved millions and millions and millions of pounds and if you were responsible as an exec who was responsible for keeping an account and keeping that client happy you did more or less whatever it took to keep him happy whatever the client wanted he got and this is a little example of of how that played out I was working for an advertising agency were known as Rex Stewart and they've since been absorbed by a French company called Alliance Alliance was absorbed by another company and they were eventually absorbed by WWP the world's biggest advertising agency they were pretty
0: big in the
1: they they were quite big in the day they had 11 agencies around Britain and employed 600 people so they were a bigish outfit And one of the accounts they had was the Co-op account, which was based in Manchester. Of course, you have to remember, in those days, the Co-op did everything, funerals, milk deliveries, car dealerships, department stores, chemist shops. I mean, the Co-op was absolutely pervasive. And the account was worth £4 a year then, which is a lot of money in those days, A a lot of money. A lot of it spent on television, so it was a very valuable account. And anyway, I was the account director <coughs> dealing with a chap in Manchester called Mike, Mike Conroy. And he announced that they were going to have a conference for 600 fashion buyers from all the co-ops all over the country. They were trying to centralise things and, and make it a bit better organised. And the day of the conference came and all the 600 fashion buyers suddenly found themselves in a four-star hotel in Birmingham with a bar and i leave it to your imagination really but there was there was one famous little moment that precedes the story it was someone from the manchester agency going to, to, the, to the reception at the hotel to make a seven thirty alarm call he says we've got to be up for the conference in the morning yes. uh and it was already quarter to eight <laughs> <laughs> So there was six hundred, six hundred fashion buyers from Land's End to John Groves, all pissed as rats, eventually got poured into bed, and poured out again at 10 o'clock for the first session, morning session, introductory session. So they all gathered in the various states of being hungover, 10 o'clock came, 10 past 10 came, no sign of Conroy, who was supposed to be, of course, the opening speaker so I he's, thought,
0: this Conroy he's
1: right? the account director and the marketing director of the co-op so i thought i'd better go and find what i got happened to him went around the hotel found his room banged on his door and said right what do you think you're playing at? it's 10 past 10 We was due to start 10 minutes ago he said oh i feel terrible needless to say he'd been up half the night with his drinking scotch uh and I said, well how long do you think you'll be he said, i can't do it i'm, I'm too ill Said what we want me to tell the six hundred people who have come from. He said, "I can't do it. You'll have to do it."
0: (laughs) So so this is the the marketing director of the co-op. Yeah, was (laughs) so drunk at his own conference, he couldn't get up. He couldn't get up to address his six hundred buyers, and he said. You, so, you, what, like so what was your job at this point what were you doing you were, well, my job
1: was to act as an interface between the corp and the ad agency and take instructions for what ads they want and how to spend their ad budget and all that so sort you were of an exec
0: basically yeah I was, I was an exec accountant. And how yeah. old would you have been then oh maybe 30, 30, 30 33
1: maybe like that, yeah.
0: and what did he um, so what did he tell you to do go and he said, well, well you, you'll conference.
1: have to do it. So I said, what do you mean? I don't know anything about fashion. I don't know anything about your organisation and what the purpose, of the purpose of the whole conference is. So he said, well, do you want to keep the bloody account? <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was my job, you know. It was worth 12 other people's jobs at the agency. So of course I want to keep the account. I said, I'll bloody go and do it then. <laughs> so back to, the, back to the arena when you took my jacket off. Rolled my sleeves up, got the mic, and faced this audience of 600 hunger fashion buyers who all didn't want to be there. And I thought, I've got two hours now to give this opening
0: address.
1: Had it been written? written No, he he was going to do the opening address with all the co apologies and strategies. You know, everything to do with what they were trying to achieve. But there were a few slides. I mean, we'd put some slides together. I think there were maybe ten or twelve slides. So I put the first slide up and, and, and read it and thought, right, this is what he wants to say for the first 10 minutes. So I'll, I'll think of 50 different ways of saying so it. So, what did you say then?
0: You had two hours to fill.
1: I don't know. I just ad libbed. I just
0: ad <laughs> libbed. It must have been terrible.
1: I think it was probably the, one of the worst conferences that anyone had ever been to. The only saving grace was that it wouldn't have mattered whether I was brilliant or awful or worse than awful. They didn't want to be there. They wanted to be back in their rooms or being sick. And, you know, they, half of them drifted off at the coffee break and another the, the quarter of them didn't come back. You know, it, so that thing just fizzled out. And when Conroy eventually emerged one and said, how did it go? I said, great, you know, it was just <laughs> terrific, yeah. Everyone thought it was marvellous, yeah. Didn't they? Well, you would, wouldn't you?
0: (laughs) So did you keep the account then?
1: Well, yes, we did, funnily enough, yes. Um, and I think the whole point was that nobody at the board level at the court gave a toss about this fashion conference. They were all being told that they had to source it from head office instead of sourcing their own fashions from wherever they were getting them from. You know, people from Southampton, people from Aberdeen, they were getting their fashions from wherever they got them. So they were all being told basically it was going to be centralised, and it was more a statement of uh, power than than them being expected to learn anything or know anything. Anyway, the, the rest of the conference went better. I think you know people don't get pissed at the second day of the conference because they're still hung over from the first, aren't they? So it gets, things tend to get better, and they all ended up with a big sing-song at the end and all went back to wherever they come from. I mean, for people who'd worked 30 years for the co-op, this was the best holiday they'd ever had, you know. So different, different times. <laughs> different days.
0: Yes. Enjoying the podcast? Tell your friends and leave a review. Maybe you need a terrible keynote speaker. Drop Rick a line. He's at Grumbo on Twitter. The music, Nobody Knows You by Jimmy Cox, is performed by Rick. The podcast is produced by me, Steve Blears.